0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 26, in your Bibles, please and uh, we are after tonight we will be officially halfway through the book of jeremiah and i think we'll probably take a little bit of a break here soon uh, as we get closer to the end of the year and we may even do another series uh, and then come back to this but i hope you've enjoyed it Uh, i do want to remind you i'm sorry brother. i forgot to unmute that that was my fault But I want to uh, remind you, the book of Jeremiah, it's very different from, uh, let's say, if we were doing a a study on the book of Genesis, or even if we were doing a a study uh, in the New Testament on the book of Acts. The book of Jeremiah is a compilation of sermons that Jeremiah preached. Most of the sermons he preached specifically to God's people. Now, we get towards the end, and he was preaching some messages of judgment to some other nations, but basically when you read a sermon or you hear a sermon from Jeremiah, you just should picture that these were messages not for the heathen, not for the wicked and the the ungodly people that didn't know the Lord, but these were messages specifically for God's people. And you say, you know, Pastor, that, that reminds me. Why do we have so much preaching? Why do we have so much teaching? Why do we have... Uh, Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. Why do we have so much? Then we have revival meetings on top of that. And why do we have all that? I'll tell you why. Because our tendency in the Christian life is to do our own thing. That's the flesh. We just we, we have an old nature, and that old nature is warring against us every single day And the only way we're gonna be victorious is by the word of God and getting in this book. And of course, prayer. But how do we know to pray? We're reminded to pray as we read the Bible and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And and church is a wonderful place where we can gather, we can assemble, we can fulfill the plan of God to uh, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but we can get together, we can encourage one another, Uh, We talked about it Sunday night, Psalm 73. Uh, Asaph was very discouraged. He was very disillusioned until he went to the house of God. And it's amazing how things fall into place. When you get in God's house, you get in God's Word, you get with God's people, and it helps us to get the right perspective. Jeremiah is a book of sermons. And in this particular chapter, we see Jeremiah 26, that he is preaching, and again, he is preaching to the people of Judah. Verse number one it was in the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, came this word from the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord Stand in the court of the Lord's house, and speak unto all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house, all the words that I command thee to speak unto them. Diminish not a word. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts as we look at your word. I pray that you'd bless all of our ministries tonight. I thank you for uh, those in the nursery. I thank you for those workers. I thank you for those in our master clubs. I thank you for our teen ministry. I thank you for the music we've enjoyed tonight. I thank you for uh, the, the sound men. I thank you for the greeters this evening. I thank you for those who printed the prayer page. I thank you for those that cleaned the building. I thank you for those who came early to turn on the lights and turn on the air conditioning. And I thank you for all those who work uh, tirelessly behind the scenes around the clock. Lord, so that this ministry can go forward. Thank you for those in the radio room tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us and help us to capture this truth from your word. I pray for those that are Uh, Lord, in harm's way tonight with the hurricanes that are hitting in the uh, Gulf Coast. I think of Brandon and many linemen that will be traveling there. I pray that you'd watch over them, give them safety. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, be with uh, those in California and other states tonight that are uh, facing fines, that are facing penalties, that are facing the threat of uh, going to court, uh, being arrested for uh, simply assembling and trying to worship you. I pray that you'd bless them. Lord, may we as a church not take for granted the privilege that we have to be together. May we not take each other for granted, but may we be so thankful for one another. And may we be thankful for your goodness in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like for you to notice as we get to Jeremiah 26, I want you to notice the first thought I see in verse number two is God commands Jeremiah, he says, I want you to preach the message. And he says, I don't want you to diminish one word. Isn't that amazing how God reminds Jeremiah, he says, every word that I tell you to speak is important. Now, I would like to think that every word we speak is important, but have you ever listened to yourself talk? I I have, and sometimes it's it's small talk or, or sometimes I'll even say something Hopefully it's not too much during preaching, but sometimes I'll even say something and later on I'll think, that didn't make any sense. What was I thinking? Or maybe I wasn't thinking, but sometimes the words we speak are maybe not that important or maybe they're sometimes not even true and we don't realize it. Sometimes, have you ever done this? Have you ever said the right thing at the wrong time? Yeah, I have. And I've many times I've said the wrong thing at the wrong time too. But we all, we all maybe could say that with our words. It's important that our words uh, are, are seasoned with, with grace. It's, a, it's important that our words are spirit-led. It's, may, it's, it's important that our words are encouraging and uplifting rather than being critical or hurtful. But I'll tell you this, when it comes to the Word of God, every word is important. It's not up to us to pick and choose. It's not up for us to say, yeah, I kind of like this part and I don't really like this part, but every word is important. And God told Jeremiah, don't diminish, don't lessen, don't reduce, Uh, don't cut back. Give every word that I give you, give those words to the people. And so for the next three hours tonight, I'd like to give you every word of this message. No, 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 it won't be three hours. But, but don't cut back. When it comes to the word of God, don't just pick and choose. Uh, we are to live by every word of God. Notice verse 3. If they will hearken and turn every man from his evil way, verse number 3, that I may repent me. Now, this is God speaking. That I may repent me of the evil which I purpose to do unto them because of the evil of their doings. Now, this is an interesting, interesting subject here because God says if they will repent, God says, I will repent. Now, hang on. Does God have to repent? Does God have to to do something different or does God have to change or has God ever made a mistake and he has to go back and correct it? absolutely not as a matter of fact one of the characteristics one of the attributes of god is his immutability the immutability of god is the quality it's the attribute that god never changes he never has he never will he is the same aren't you glad for that yesterday today and forever. He never changes. Now we do. We change our mind. I probably sometimes, I probably frustrate the staff. Now don't ask them and certainly don't, don't dig for stuff, but I'm sure there's times where they'll say, I wish pastor would make up his mind. And I try to be consistent and I try to be the same. And, and I feel like that most of the time at the answer, we, we, we don't just, you know flip a coin, or we don't just, you know, you know, do whatever. We try to have some consistency, but there's times where we change. Now, help me out so I know I'm not the only one. Have you ever changed your mind about anything? Anybody here ever done that, or am I the only one? Would you raise your hand? Help make me feel a little bit better. All right? Okay, good. Now, we change. And by the way, that's part of being human, right? It's part of being flesh. But aren't you glad that you don't have to wake up in the morning and say, oh no, I wonder what God thinks today. I wonder what God's going to say today. You know why you don't have to wonder? Because he thinks the same thing today that he thought yesterday. And the same thing yesterday that he thought last week and last month and last year. He is the same. He doesn't have to change because he is infinite in his wisdom. He is all-knowing. And God does not change. I'm so thankful that God doesn't change. We live in a world that's changing. Boy, I tell you what, and I've, I've said this before, it's amazing to me when they'll take clips of politicians from four years ago or eight years ago or 12 years ago or 16, whatever, and the same politician is saying the exact opposite thing that they said before. And you say, well, why would they do that? Easy. Because what's popular changes. Popular opinion changes. And and, and what's trending, that changes. And, And styles change in our world. And technology changes. And all kinds of things change. But I'm glad to stand here tonight and tell you that you can count on the fact that God has never changed. And he never will. So, Go with me, hold your place here in Jeremiah 26. I want you to see Malachi chapter 3. Because here, God says, I will repent. I will change my mind. Which is, you think, no way, that's not possible. God doesn't change. And you're right. But I want you to see what God has said about that in Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 6. God says, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. You say, well, pastor, there it is. God says he doesn't change. So you're trying to tell us that God in Jeremiah 26, God said that he would repent of the evil that he was going to do. Why is that? Verse 7, even from the days of your fathers, Malachi 3, 7, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Notice what God says to his people in Malachi 3, 7, return unto me and I will return unto you. Oh my, this is good. You know what God says? He says, if you will change, if you will repent, If you will come back to me, if you will get right with me, then God says, I won't judge you like I was planning. I won't condemn you like you deserve. But the ball is in your court. The the, the decision is up to us. I'll give you an example. Because of our sin, the Bible says that because we are all sinners, we have all come short of the glory of God. That means we don't, we don't, we don't hit the mark. We, we don't reach that level. We cannot get to heaven because of our sin. The Bible says it like this. He that believeth not is condemned already. You're already condemned as a sinner. Your condemnation is eternal life in a lake of fire. That's the condemnation. That's what is coming to you, and that's what is coming to me. Oh, but here's the good news. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And if you'll make that move, if you'll trust Christ, If you will accept the gift of eternal life, you don't have to be condemned. You don't have to go where you and I belong and where you and I deserve. We can have a home in heaven. But here's the thing. God gives you the choice. God makes the decision up to you. And God never changes. But in Jeremiah 26, God says, if you will return to me, God says, I will repent of the evil that I purpose to do because of your evil doings. Aren't you so glad that although God is sovereign, aren't you glad that he gives us a free will? Nobody in this room can say, well, I didn't have a choice in the matter. Oh, yes, you did. And oh, yes, I did. God gave you a choice. You can accept him or you can reject him. Once you've accepted him, you can choose to be right with him or you can choose to run from him. It's your choice, and God gives you that choice. He gives you that opportunity. Notice with me in verse number um, six. Then we'll come back to, actually, we'll come back to this thought, but I'll read it, verse six. Jeremiah says, God's message, then will I make this house like Shiloh. We'll talk about that in a minute. That uh, that, That triggered the people of Judah. They did not like that. And he says, I will make this city a curse to all the nations of the earth. Verse 7. So the priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. Now, I want you to notice in verse number 7, I want you to see the significance here that Jeremiah is preaching to everybody, but it specifically mentions the priests and the prophets. Now, I understand these priests and these prophets, uh, they were backslidden. Uh, these priests and these prophets were away from God, and we'll see in this chapter just how backslidden they were. But I want to remind us that we all, and I'm saying we, and I'm pointing back at myself, we all need preaching. Every one of us. And we all need, We all have a responsibility to obey this book. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you are a Sunday school teacher. It doesn't matter if you are a deacon. It doesn't matter if you're a founding member. It doesn't matter if you got the whole Bible memorized forwards, backwards, and you can quote it in your sleep. It doesn't matter who you are. We all need the preaching And the teaching and we all need the Word of God so well, pastor I've been saved a long time and I've read the Bible through a dozen times and so I don't have to read the Bible because I've read it before oh no no now if if we were talking about a textbook you might be able to slide through on that but this isn't a textbook this is a living book this is a book that is quick it is alive and it is powerful and this book will speak to you. Now I'll tell you what, there's no other book like that in the world unless your kids have a little nursery rhyme book where you have batteries and it reads it to you. But this book is alive. It is powerful. And there's times you'll read something and you'll say, I've read that a dozen times, but God will show you something that you never saw before. And we need it. And I say that because in this church, and I've not said this probably since a, a workers' meeting. But in this church, we have a policy, and we've made a few exceptions. And, of course, in, in, in COVID, we've kind of rearranged a lot of stuff. But we, we want our workers. If you're teaching a Sunday school class or you're preaching a junior church or you're working a master club or you're doing whatever, and nursery workers, our nursery workers, are, they are overloaded and they are working so hard. But we believe that even our workers' need to be in church you say well i thought our workers were so spiritual well i think so i hope so but i know that none of us are so spiritual that we don't need church And through COVID, you say, well, I've missed some some services during COVID. And maybe you have. But can I tell you, that's where it's so wonderful that we've got a radio and we've got online and we need the preaching. We need to be in God's house and not just in the building, although it's good to be in the building, but we need to be in the service. And once we get in the service, you know what we need? We need God to speak. You don't need to hear a pastor You don't need to hear a preacher as much as you need a pastor to be preaching and the Holy Spirit of God to speak to you and to show you and to show us what we need. The priests and the prophets, they needed the message as much as anybody else. Notice the response in verse eight. Now I say that we need the preaching. I hope your response will be different uh, from their response. But they heard Jeremiah preaching And it says in verse eight, now it came to pass when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak unto all the people, that the priests and the prophets and all the people took him saying, thou shalt surely die. Now that's not the response I'm hoping for tonight. Uh, When we have heads bowed, eyes closed, invitation, I'm not, I'm not, I'm hoping that we don't have a bunch of people come and saying, yep, we're going to do like they did to Jeremiah. We're going to kill you, pastor. Please don't. But that was their response. Jeremiah preached the message that God gave them, and their response was, we're gonna kill you. Now, does that give you an idea how backslidden these folks were? This message came from God, and they hated the message so much, they wanted to kill the messenger. Now, I'll say this, if somebody loves you enough to tell you the truth, You don't need to remove that person from your life. You need to keep them in your life. You need to keep them close in your life. And many times people will leave a church because they can't handle a preacher standing up and telling them what the Bible says. Most people today, they want a preacher that'll pat them on the back. Most people today want a a preacher that will Tell them how wonderful they are and how good they are and how, oh, you just keep doing everything you're doing and, oh, you want to you wanna live like the devil? Oh, it's okay, God understands. Oh, you want to do, oh, it's okay. Can I tell you, we don't need more of that kind of preaching. We need more preachers that will say, thus saith the Lord. And these people, they couldn't handle it. They responded by wanting to shoot the messenger Rather than accept the message. It'd Be like, and I think, I'm sure there are others in here, but I'm, I'm thinking of Brother uh, Bobby Mills back here who works for our uh, post office. And if Brother Bobby came, and if he delivered something to my house, and I didn't like what he delivered, maybe it was a bill that I didn't deserve, or maybe it was a, uh, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe I'm in trouble or whatever, and I get something in the mail, and I get so angry And I take it out on Brother Bobby. It's not his fault. He's just the messenger. He's the delivery man. And can I tell you, these people, their problem was not really with Jeremiah. Their problem was with God. And that message came from God and they wanted to kill Jeremiah. Notice with me, if you would, in verse number uh, eight, it says, and all the people took him saying, thou shalt surely die. Verse nine, why hast thou prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, this house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without an inhabitant. And all the people were gathered against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. Now, Shiloh, we talked about Shiloh several weeks ago in, uh, when we were talking about Judah. This was in our Sunday morning series. That was a different, different subject because that Shiloh, was a reference to the Messiah that was coming. That was a person. But this Shiloh is a reference to 1 Samuel. And it was in Shiloh where the people had gotten away from God and the Ark of the Covenant was taken by the Philistines and the glory was departed. And Jeremiah stands up and he says, hey, this city, Jerusalem, is going to be just like Shiloh. It's gonna be destroyed, it's gonna be overrun, you're going to lose what you have. Boy, that made them fly off the handle when they heard that. And it says, and all the people. He was preaching to all of them and they all were gathered against Jeremiah. Have you ever felt like everybody was against you? And they probably weren't, but have you ever felt that way? Maybe you felt like that way at work and you felt that way at home and hopefully not, but you came to church and you felt like people at church and and I I hope you never feel that way. But sometimes, sometimes the devil can tell us, everybody's against you. You might as well just quit. You might as well give up. You're not going to win anyway. You may feel like that, but let me put it this way. Even if that were true, and it's not. But even if it were true and everybody was against you, if God be for us, who can be against us? They are they that be with us than they that be with them, and we are more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. And don't let the devil tell you that everybody's against you. Don't let the devil tell you, oh, everybody hates you, and everybody's mad at you, and nobody likes you. Don't let the devil tell you that. You may feel like the whole world's against you. In Jeremiah's case, they were all gathered against him. But Jeremiah had something those people did not know about. He had the presence of God with him. Notice in verse number 10 and 11, again, they came against Jeremiah, in verse 11, they said, this man is worthy to die. Why? What crime did he do? Because he hath prophesied against this city. You know what Jeremiah's crime was? He was preaching the Bible, and it was not politically correct. He said that they're going to destroy Jerusalem. Well, guess what? They are. (laughs) And guess what? God sent Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was, was, was facing possible death because he preached what God said and refused to fall into line with the culture, the politically correct culture of his day. And I'll tell you, Unless we see revival in our country, unless we see God send an awakening in this country, we will see more and more of that until Jesus comes back. Because this world hates God. This world hates this book. You say, how come? Because they know that they are accountable to a creator and they don't want anybody telling them what to do. And you can, you can shake your fist at God and you can get mad at the preacher and you can get mad at the truth and you can get mad at all that, but you cannot do anything to change the truth of God's word. And as mad as these people got, it didn't do one thing to change the truth that Jeremiah had preached to them. Notice verse number 12. Jeremiah's answer, I love this. Then spake Jeremiah unto all the princes And all the people saying, the Lord sent me. That that right there, and he says more, but that right there, that sums it up. Jeremiah said, you can get mad all you want. You can threaten me all you want. You can persecute me. You can say you're going to kill me, but I want to tell you something. I didn't come here on my own, and it wasn't my idea. The Lord sent me. And I'll tell you, when you know that God has sent you, when you know that God has sent you to be a witness to a neighbor, when you know that God has sent you to tell your coworker uh, how they can be saved, when you know that God has sent you to witness to your family member, when you know that God has sent you to the workplace to be a testimony and to be a light and to an example, it really doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. If you know that God sent you, you're gonna be okay because you have been commissioned by the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Jeremiah said, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city all the words that you have heard. Verse 13, I love this. Jeremiah says, now therefore amend your ways. He said, I got an idea. How about you just get right with God? How about you just do what God has said? How about you just do the right thing and amend or make things right with God? Isn't that amazing how, and we've all done it, But when the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart or when the preacher preaches something that is contrary to how we're living, our first response is we get mad, we get upset. And we waste a whole lot of time and energy getting mad when what we should have done is just get right. And Jeremiah said, hey, why don't you just amend your ways? Why don't you just get right with God and obey the voice of the Lord and the Lord will repent him of the evil." that he hath pronounced against you. Verse number 14, I love this. Jeremiah said, as for me, you're threatening me. You say you're gonna kill me. God sent me and behold, I am in your hand. Now, that's not really true. He wasn't in their hand, he was in God's hands and God was in control. But notice the faith of Jeremiah. I am in your hand, do with me as seemeth good and meet unto you, but know ye for certain. He said, you do what you want to, but you better know and you better understand that if you put me to death, you will surely bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and upon all the inhabitants thereof. For of a truth, the Lord hath sent me to speak unto you all these words in your ears. I love this. Jeremiah said, you can't hurt me. You can try it but God's going to take care of things. And if you kill me, I want you to know you will be only hurting yourself. I want to remind us this evening that as long as we are in the will of God, we are invincible. Now, I'm not saying go out and do something crazy tonight. You know pastor said we're invincible and so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go jump off a bridge no that's not the will of god for you to go jump off a bridge i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna see how fast i can make it to rocky mount tonight and i'll see if i can make it in you know 15 minutes and that'll be my new record um i wouldn't recommend you do that but here's what i'm saying as long as you and i are in the will of god we're safe i'm not saying to be careless i'm not saying to be foolish I think you ought to be careful. I think you ought to be wise. I think you ought to uh, be safe and do all those things. But you and I, in the will of God, we're safer, we're safer in, in a third-world country. You're, you're safer in a communist prison in the will of God than you are at home out of the will of God. And Jeremiah had confidence that God was going to take care of him. Notice verse 14 and 15. He said, uh, no, for certain, if you put me to death, here's what's gonna happen, you'll suffer the consequences. Verse 16, the princess said, this man is not worthy to die, for he hath spoken to us in the name of the Lord. Now, I wanna remind you what Jeremiah preached, and if you follow this sermon here, everything that Jeremiah preached was what thus saith the Lord. He preached what God told him to preach. And you know, people may get upset with us. People may not like things. People may leave a church or people may do things. And if they do, I want it to be because we were preaching the Bible. I don't want it to be because we were preaching our opinions. You know, our opinions really don't matter a whole lot. What I think about something that it really doesn't matter because how many of you know, we've all had opinions before and we found out we were dead wrong. Opinions don't really matter. We don't preach opinions. We don't preach ideas. We don't get up here and say, now I think this will work and you may want to try this because I was thinking, no, who cares what my idea is? Who cares what your idea is? Who cares about what our political views are? And by the way, I have very strong political views, but I'm not going to preach politics that is not bible based now you want to talk about life and you want to talk about uh, abortion being murder i'll talk with you about that all day and i'll preach that all day you want to talk about uh, having a, 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 a nation that is god-fearing and a nation that honors the bible and a nation that believes in religious freedom i will preach that till i am blue in the face But our truth is not founded in politics. Our truth is founded in the Word of God. Jeremiah preached what God told him to preach. Not his ideas, not his opinions, not his viewpoints, but he preached what the Bible said, what God told him. Notice verse number 18. They brought this up. They said, remember when Micah, the Merazite, and by the way, we've got an entire book in the Minor Prophets of Micah and his preaching, He prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and he spake to all the people of Judah, saying, thus saith the Lord of hosts, and he pronounced judgment on Jerusalem. And guess what Hezekiah did? Guess what his response was? Verse 19, did Hezekiah and all Judah put him to death? Did he not fear the Lord and besought the Lord, and the Lord repented him of the evil which he pronounced against them? They said, hey, thus we might procure great evil against our souls. He said, hey, king, Hezekiah, when the preacher preached to him, Hezekiah, he feared the Lord. Hezekiah, he besought the Lord. He sought the Lord's favor. He tried to get things right with God. And why would we bring judgment upon ourselves by trying to kill the prophet who's trying to warn us of coming judgment? Then we get to verse 20, and this is the only place you find this account, but there was another prophet during Jeremiah's time. His name was Uriah. And the Bible says that he prophesied against Jerusalem and against Judah according to all the words of Jeremiah. And verse 21 says, when Jehoiakim, the king and all his mighty men and all the princes, when they heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. So here's another prophet. His name is Uriah. And and Jeremiah records this and says, hey, this was real. This king was not messing around. Because another prophet, he preached a similar message. And the king said, we're going to kill that guy. We don't want to hear his message. And so when Uriah heard that the king wanted to kill him, Uriah, the Bible says that he fled. He was fearful. And he fled and he went into Egypt. Verse 22, the king, he sent his men into Egypt. He sent them on a search party. He sent them to hunt down Urijah. Verse twenty-three. They brought him back, and they killed him with the sword. And they cast his dead body, verse twenty-three, into the graves of the common people. Whew. See Jeremiah. He was in a spiritual battle. He was in a physical battle. The king wanted to kill him, and the king had already killed another prophet. But then we get to verse number twenty-four. And it says, nevertheless, the hand of a Ahicham. We don't hear much. We don't know much about a Ahicham in the Bible. But the Bible says that Ahicham, his hand was with Jeremiah, that they should not give him into the hand of the people to put him to death. As far as we know, in this, in this passage, there was only one person that stood with Jeremiah. There was only one person that said, nope. You're not going to kill him. He's with me and you can't have him. You know what's amazing? God used that one man to spare Jeremiah so he could keep on preaching. Now, I hope, I hope that that is not going to happen here. I hope there's never going to be a mob coming in here and saying, we're going to kill that preacher. But if there ever is, I'd kind of like for somebody here to say, nope, you can't kill him. He's with me. Can I get get somebody who would say, I'll I'll be there for you. All right, I I hear a few amens. I'm going to count on those amens because I don't see a lot of hands. I hope that doesn't happen. But can I tell you this? God could use you and God could use me to be an Ahikam who could be an encouragement to a pastor, to be an encouragement to a Sunday school teacher, to be an encouragement to a missionary when they come through, to be an encouragement to a coworker, to be an encouragement to someone in your Sunday school class, to be an encouragement to a friend or a coworker. You say, well, what could I do to encourage and help somebody in serving God? I'll tell you one thing. You can speak words of encouragement. You have no idea how far, an encouraging word can go. You have no idea. You have no idea the words that you have said to me that have encouraged me and helped me, and you probably didn't think anything of it. You thought, oh, he probably had a hundred people today say something encouraging to him. But God could use you through your words. Did you know God could use you through your faithfulness? A I, I don't I don't know how this all came about, but he was there. He stepped in, he filled in the gap, and he said, nope, you're not taking this preacher today. He's with me and you're not gonna touch him. Your faithfulness can encourage. And how about this? We'll never know till we get to heaven on this. But how about your prayers? How about that day you got up and you prayed for the pastor or you prayed for a Sunday school teacher? You prayed for a bus worker. You prayed for a choir member. You prayed for a sound man. You prayed for somebody. And you'll never know, and I'll never know till we get to heaven, the impact of those prayers that encouraged and helped and strengthened and protected somebody from the onslaught of the wicked one. God could use you and God could use me to be in a hikum and help encourage somebody.